Hello, and welcome to the 14th annual award-winning podcast, The Academy Academy, the show that discovers the absolute, undeniable, and scientifically proven greatest performance in your favorite actor's esteemed career. I'm Don Saunderson. Wow, I'm Patrick Remyon in honor. <laughs> welcome to The Academy. Oh, uh, man, feels good. I got my, uh, we, we've been like recording episodes nonstop lately, baby. I, I am in the street, you know, we talked about being in the eye of the street tornado. Oh, yeah. Uh, a couple weeks ago i i'm still in it man this is a long this this town is being decimated this oh, is yeah. really really bad they're going to need to send in fema for how bad things are in the street world for me i got stockholm syndrome too movies that we did not like in the first round yeah i'm pretty into <laughs> now i don't know why it is like that is like a thing i think it is like a thing where if you watch something enough it's like oh maybe it is good uh. Yeah, I, well, I mean, we'll save it for next week, but I, I've already rewatched Sophie's Choice for the third time. and Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, if you've heard our episode with uh, Marcelina, you know we had some pretty intense opinions on Sophie's Choice, which wound up defeating Bridges of Madison County that week. R.I.P. Uh, we love Bridges. We love yeah. you. But, um, boy, this time around at Sophie's, I just felt like it was like a low, kind of a low-level psychedelic hum. <laughs> which is kind of unexpected for that movie. But it's I very I dreamy. I love that uh I love that review. I want that to be if they ever release a criterion of uh, Sophie's Choice or like I do a remaster, please put like a low psychedelic hum raves yeah. Donald Saunders. Oh, I'll do I'll do a com- I'll do a commentary track. I think I'm ready for Sophie's Choice the commentary track, but uh no, I, I had to I rented it off of Amazon because they took it off of HBO Max where we'd been kind of living with it for a while. And they have a standard definition version on Amazon now, which looks like it was ripped from a VHS copy from 1988. And everything looks, it, you, you're going to probably end up renting it yourself, Patrick. It, oh, it's, yeah. a me- it's a total mess. And it makes the film like a lot more like, is this like an art film now? Because it looks <laughs> terrible. And it was really, really quite thrilling. But like uh, like you know something- what? be showed at the MoMA yeah or it's like you know you go to the new Beverly it's like the only print they could find of Sophie's Choice and they yeah. the guy who's introducing it before I go so now just be aware it's not perfect yeah. <laughs> it's been eaten by moths a little bit this yeah is the, this is the moth print it's the best it was the best print Quentin could track down because I'm sure Quentin Tarantino is a huge huge Sophie's Choice fan well let us know Quentin if you want to uh, come on the show we'd love to hear about it um but yeah so we're in stockholm syndrome right now and we're looking at two movies that i one of which we were definitely not kind to in the first round and the other one i think we have mixed we had mixed feelings on who knows if those are going to be the same but let's get to it we've got a awesome guest today folks he is a writer on mixed dish which season two premieres january 26 9 30 on the abc network ladies and gentlemen jesse esparza welcome to the academy Hi, thank you so much. I'm so honored to be here. This is just great. I think I belong here. I've been waiting. Where where have you been? I know. I know we we've got yeah. We we <laughs> we should we should put on the apology and variety. I'm sorry. No excuses. That. There's no excuses, but it's fine. I'm here now. I'm very you're, excited to be here. Thank you. You're here. You're you're riding the the stork that is the Academy Academy into the heavens, my friend. No, hold I on, will say hold on to that trick. When Patrick did message me, I told him straight up, I hate watching movies, so I don't blame you. I don't blame you for not having me on earlier. Actually, it's probably a good idea. 
Oh, oh my goodness. I did not hear about that, but the oh, exciting yes, news no. twist. I, <laughs> the hate, twist. I hate watching movies, especially in, <laughs> at home. I can't do it. Let's just say, spoiler alert, I didn't watch either of these movies all the way through. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, we can, we can let you know what happens. Uh, you're on the, ed- the edge of your seat. Who, yeah. gets, who gets custody of little Billy? Oh, my gosh. I, I saw the end. Okay, there we go. You saw the street edit. Exactly. I saw the street edit. <laughs> Everything else, not interested. Not yeah. interested. Well, so I mean, Mar- Margaret Thatcher learns the air of her ways and becomes extraordinarily <laughs> yeah. liberal at the end of her life. Yeah. <laughs> it turns out that the, she wasn't going crazy or she didn't have that was a real person the whole time. Mm-hmm. That's the Jim, was, Brod- Jim Broadbent's character is actually was real. not. No, she, it was actually weirder that he thought she thought he was dead. Great. Like, I was curious. Now, I it was Phoebe Wallace Bridgers in there more than the, the one scene she was in. Uh, no, she just that in is that her one. Scene? That is her one scene. That's crazy. That's wild. I was like, oh my god, this was this recent? And then she her phone rang, and I was like, it's not recent. It is <laughs> like a weird. It reminds me of like, uh, um, did you ever watch uh, Lady Bird? Yes, I love Lady Bird. It's Lady one Bird. of my top all, all-time favorite oh, movies. Oh, great movie. I love Lady Bird, too. But, like, uh, Danielle McDonald, who's, like, the star of Dumpling, or Dumplin', rather. Uh, Got to do it the, with that southern twang. Got to go Dumplin'. Yeah, drop uh, that G, man. Got to drop that G. Um, uh, she's, like, a student. She's, like, an extra in the movie for, like, like 20 seconds. You can just see her, like, sitting with all the other students. And it's very weird seeing, like, a person who would go on to star in a movie like two years later, just be like an extra. And it's like, it. she feels bigger than she is as like a, a character in that movie, just because she's like, you see her and it's like, oh, she was a star. She's going to do something, right? But then like nothing happens. So like, yeah. Really? What all, scene was that? I think it's like when they're all in the auditorium, like the school it auditorium. The abortion, the abortion scene when she's talking about abortion. And she's Maybe. like, you, sh- you should have aborted yourself or something like that. I'll have to rewatch it. It's one yeah. of my favorite movies. We gotta watch. We gotta we gotta rewatch that. Gotta get that. <laughs> Maybe we'll do a Maybe we'll do a Shersh a Shersharonin bracket. Could be I good. would be down. I would so be down for that. I love that idea. <laughs> Meryl Streep is of course in the Greta Gerwig Little Women Ooh. that came out a couple years ago as well to make uh can make all the connections there. Amazing. But yeah, I, I agree. Like when when like uh someone who becomes a star and then you see them do like a young, like uh, earlier part or something like that. They do kind of a lot of times like weirdly pop like Philip Seymour Hoffman plays a cop in Nobody's Fool, this Paul Newman movie from the early 90s, and he gets pushed around by Paul Newman. You're like, who's that guy? He seems really, really interesting. And then like three years later, he's in every single independent movie that's coming out. You know, it's like, oh, everybody else noticed that this guy has got an interesting look and seems very interesting. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, I want a little bit more of, spice, of that spice in, in my soup. Yeah, <laughs> give me yeah. That, give me that cream of Hoffman. A little pepper, if you will. Call back to uh, R.I.P. Uh, Mama Mia. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Shocking loss last week to the uh, Cinderella, Cinderella story of the tournament, Florence Foster Jenkins. Um, yes, we, uh, uh, you know, Mama Mia, prime example of our Stockholm syndrome. We absolutely hated it the first <laughs> time around and the second time around. Both of us found it uh, quite pleasant. Oh, so like, chaos. <laughs> yeah, yeah right. just truly a wild <laughs> How- movie. How many times do you guys watch these movies? It kind of depends on how far they take it. So, oh uh, my god! I oh yeah, I do not, I do not 
NVU. <laughs> Generally pained when death becomes her lost because that's an enjoyable one to rewatch. Yeah, that's like an actual like that's a fun movie to like, yeah. And so although like Devil Wears Prada, second time I watched yeah. it, I was like, Yeah, it's good. Yeah, no, yeah. We'll, we'll make it, we'll make it we work. have a third screening on the horizon this very week. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, and if we're talking Stockholm Syndrome, like, oh, yeah, like, give me it's, your... It's your, on. It's yeah, on. Yeah. It's Devil Wars Prada, you're my mother now. Yeah, by the time this is over, <laughs> I will have declared Florence Foster Jenkins a superior movie to 2001 A Space Odyssey on my own personal <laughs> top ten list. Sorry. Wow. Sorry, Sorry, Stan. <laughs> Sorry, Solaris. Uh, yeah. You're going down to number two. Number one, Florence uh, Foster Jenkins. All that Tarkovsky co- talk. It's out of here, baby. Oh, yeah. So, so- Sorry, the perfect score. <laughs> oh, yeah. Cinema's classic film, the perfect yeah. score. Yeah. Uh, so before we jump into these two this week, which, you know, interesting, very, you know, kind of on the dry end of movies. We'll, we'll just, we'll, we can start there if we're putting it politely this week, but you know, two big movies for Meryl Streep. She won the Academy. She won Academy Awards for both movies. She did. She did oh. nothing. She did nothing in Kramer versus Kramer. What? Oh, That's man. crazy. Oh. We're gonna. Yeah. We'll, get, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Yeah. Oh man. Ooh. Ooh. I, there was like smoke coming out of the zoom there. It's like a Looney Tune. Your your head turned into a tea kettle. And yes. smoke came out. That's insane because I did fast forward through all the parts that she wasn't in. She was in that movie for like 10 minutes. It's, and she, she, just cried. Support, she won supporting actors. She did not win she lead She just like cried lightly the whole time. That's it. Now here's the thing. Can I go off on script real quick? Can I just say, I'm not a fan of Meryl Streep. You heard it here first. I'm not impressed with her. I don't understand <laughs> what the hype is. I get that she's cool. I get that she's like a legend or whatever. For what reasons, I don't know. I'm not a fan. But I love a good crying scene. Like a good, like, let it out crying scene. She was just lightly crying in that movie. I don't get it. So so what is it? I mean, we can get into this further as we go on, because obviously we're very curious. You're the first guest we've had who is... um, antagonistic up. you're like, not like Meryl you're, you're off the street i love it too it's like you're off yeah. the news <laughs> that's what you get for Damn. me i don't care i'm Damn. bored i'm bored 14 <laughs> episodes for the big twist <laughs> uh, but what is it what is it about her that doesn't impress you i guess like i mean like, i mean she's just boring to me i don't get it i don't get why people like her when I, I actually tweeted something when I was watching Kramer versus Kramer, and I was like, she just doesn't do it for me. You know who does it for me? Julianne Moore, <laughs> who's just going to cry at you. Viola Davis, who has a mouthful of snot, you know? Kate Blanchett, you know, who just plays a crazy person in that one movie with what's his face? <laughs> I'm not doing a good job. Blue, Blue Jazz. It could have been, a, that's know? actually, it could be a few Kate Blanchett parts. <laughs> yes. Michelle Williams in. What's that Manchester by the Sea where she just cries at Casey Affleck? That is raw performance and emotion to me. And Meryl Streep just doesn't give that to me. She's so you're, 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 you're more of a uh, Julianne Moore in the pharmacy and Magnolia Ooh. kind of actor, yes. acting fan. Yes. What is her famous line from that? She's like, don't you suck my dick. Suck my dick. <laughs> yeah. If Meryl Streep did that, I'd be asleep. I would say no, thank you. And I'll, I'm going home. I will, I will say, I feel like. This is what I'm gonna to say to this. I I see where you're coming from because I think what you know the big uh, the big 
complaint that a lot of people have towards street there's not a lot of complainers like you know not a lot of haters but there are some there are some haters and i think the main haters are the ones that are like she's too technical you don't get to you don't feel her emotions and so what i would chilly she's chilly she's chilly and so there's almost like a part of me that's like damn like if i were to re like you're never gonna see a street i'm not gonna make you see a movie you can't i can't do that because that's evil but (laughs) but uh (laughs) i'm not gonna like force you to watch it but uh, i would say like Maybe watch like Florence Foster Jenkins or Mama. You Mia. guys won't shut the fuck up about this movie. <laughs> it's good as hell. Florence Foster Jenkins is a damn bop. It's yeah, so, I, okay. I, I think we like saying the words Florence Foster Jenkins in a row to too. It's yeah, it's quite funny. Yeah. Okay, I'll check it out. But I mean, I'm just not. She's like, she's like toast. You know, there's nothing damn. on it. Mm. There's nothing on it, and I'd rather have a full meal of a real you know, fiery actress. I would, so I, disagree, I disagree so hardcore, but it's fair. That's fair. I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give it to you. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's there. It's, it's interesting because I was, um, I, I mentioned, I think I just read this book, Queen Meryl, yesterday. And this author, Aaron Carlson, has, it's pretty much uh, the opposite of our guest Jesse today. She thinks <laughs> Meryl has done nothing wrong in the hit over the course of 350 pages. Meryl does absolutely zero wrong. And I was kind of like thinking after reading this one and reading the other one, her again, like I would really would like to see someone step up and like actually have more of a critical point of view. I think she's looked at in this kind of like godly I get royal it that she's kind been- of way. I get it that she's been doing it for 60 years or something, but for me, I'm like, well, what what has she done that has been really great? Florence Foster Jenkins, I'll check that out, I guess. But really, what performance has she given that has really blown me out of the water? You know, that have blown people out of the water? I just don't know. That is like a... I think this is a, this is a, you know, it's a, it's a fight between like a standout performance, like Monique and Precious, that I love, and that's a one-hit wonder, okay? But Meryl has these things where she's just been able to, you know, have a long career with these performances that I guess aren't that exciting. I think that's mm. my thing. You know, it's, you're good. It's, I'm glad. It's, it's, it's great. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, want. I, I want mean, this. This is chaos. This transition I love it. <laughs> well into like your Streep story, which it might be horrific. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Like, yeah, I mean, she was like mean to you as like a three-year-old or something. I'm not sure. But, uh, but I, like, when, when were you first, to, like, like a movie like uh, Devil Wears Prada or something like that? Um, what's your yeah, background I, with I think, I think you nailed it because I was thinking about it when you asked in the beginning. And I was like, what did I, the fuck I see her in? She's, I, I don't, I, I did see her in Devil Wears Prada, though. And let me tell you. There could have been a better villain. She was just okay for me. She was just wow. okay. If you're going to be a cunt boss, she wasn't giving it to me. She was, again, not giving, I for me, wasn't giving it her all. I was like, this is, I, I'm bored by this. I, I just couldn't, I didn't believe it. I couldn't do it. You, hmm. you revel in the chaos. Like, you want, like, like kinetic, like, yeah, yeah. I, I, yes, exactly. I want, Throwing like, in your face. stuff like that. Yeah. Exactly. But she was kind of nuanced, and I'm not about nuance. I'm not <laughs> oh! about that. Oh, okay. Okay. It's boring to me. Which <laughs> yeah. I, I skipped all of her, I mean, I just can't, it's just, I can't get into it. I think there could have been a greater villain in Devil Wears Prada more than, more so than Meryl Streep. I, um, I read something very interesting in the Queen Meryl book, too, that she had done uh, a few years prior, one of our 
the show's favorites, Bridges of Madison County. And apparently she used Clint Eastwood as an inspiration for Miranda Priestly in not raising her voice because on set, Clint Eastwood never raises his voice, but he's the scariest person on set. Like no one would dare talk back to him and you could barely hear what he says. And so she, she used that in Devil Wears Prada by never raising her voice. Didn't scare me. Put me to sleep. I was bored. I wasn't okay. scared at all. Damn. <laughs> Damn, you're just spitting fire. I mean, I mean, it's a good. I mean, that, and that's a that's a good movie with a good character that she didn't really bring much to. I'll say it. Damn. I, now, I, I have I, you I, ever have you ever liked her in anything? No. Like, is anything okay? Damn. <laughs> oh, for sixty. You know, I I watched. Big Little Lies <laughs> season two. <laughs> and it was okay. You know, that's the part where I was like, okay, I mean, it's kind of entertaining. It, because she does play a crazy person in that show, you know, and she does kind of let loose a little bit and she has a little fun, you know. But other than that, I don't think I've liked her in anything. Wow. Wow. That's fair. No, that's I, fair. Yeah. I mean, it's consistent. Maybe that's like <laughs> the Academy Academy's like new goal is like we have to like make. Jesse Esparza like a Meryl Streep movie. <laughs> I would love. I would. I'm looking through her things right now, and I'm not seeing anything that stands out to me as like, oh, this yeah. is amazing. She's great. So you're like, yes, yeah, so Julianne Moore. You're like, yeah, because because I, mm -hmm. I, I okay. So that, that's what I'm thinking. You're like, you like movies where it's like, like you want that yeah. raw. You want that raw. I feel you. You son of a bitch, suck my dick. You know, I, like that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like that too where it's like it's like for me I almost like equated to like it's like I want that feeling you get this is gonna sound weird as hell but I always think about this it's, and it's probably wrong because I'm a crazy person but like you know like if, if you have like a, a cut in your mouth and you like you put your tongue on it and it kind of hurts a little bit like yeah. I like that I like uh, that's what I equate mm. to, you know, where it's like a little painful but then it's like uh the poke in the wound like I don't know like I want that and like my that like raw nerve that like fuck i feel something from this and yeah, yeah and it's like and i get why you wouldn't because if streep doesn't do that for you then mm -hmm. i i totally i get it like i get it because it's like i i need that too from my not always but i definitely like uh i understand why Streep would bore you because you don't get that feeling. You don't get that. Yes, that's I, what I seek in performances, especially from women. You know, it's like yeah. that emotion. It's that rage. It's that you know, you, I don't care. You know, and it's I, she just never even in in. Well, I don't want to skip ahead, but in the Margaret Thatcher movie when she was like yelling at all those men, I was like, who cares? Ooh, <laughs> who cares? See, I like that though. I like. But it. I was like, she does. I mean, who cares? But she doesn't honestly. do it. I get it. I get you. I get she you. Doesn't, mm -hmm. doesn't do it for you. Doesn't do it. Okay. Let's, well, let's, the uh, interesting thing about Streep, though, is that I see why because there are no anomalies mm -hmm. in her career for you to like latch onto and say, no, she was crazy. Yeah. In this movie, like, she is so <laughs> fucking consistent that all like fifty of her movies, she's kind of at the same rhythm and cadence to them so if you're not enjoying that like it's like acdc every one of their songs is exactly the same mm -hmm. if you like yeah. an acdc song though you really like an ac you're like oh i like all of their songs but if you don't like one of their songs you probably don't like any of their songs you know i think that that's a bit of a stretch hey, I, but so meryl streep is acdc and i like <laughs> yeah. acdc i'm not a fan i'm just not yeah. i don't think yeah. i'll ever be that's fair yeah no that's yeah no it's 
it's perfectly fair. And I actually like it because I think that, I think she has this reputation among quite a few, you know, pretty rare even among other artists that it feels a little scary almost to be critical because she has been so acclaimed. You feel like, am I just being, like, I see where you're coming from totally by being like contradictory to be contradictory, but then it's like, you, like no, I, that's how you feel. That's how you feel. And it deserves credit. It's nice. She's not perfect. Unless you're Aaron Carlson, who wrote uh, <laughs> yeah. Queen Meryl, who does believe she's 1,000% perfect in every single way. We're like, yeah, the, like, the title of the book looks like a halo around Streep's head. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, it, it is. It is. Yeah. I mean, there was some fun facts in it, but uh, it's very like, be my friend, Meryl, is kind of the thesis of the entire <laughs> book. Yeah. But no. yeah, we, we can get into it here. Um, you know, I think we'll, we'll start with Kramer versus Kramer. I'll hit you all with the uh, with stats on Kramer versus Kramer before we get into it. Uh, released in 1979, directed by, written and directed by Robert Benton, based on the novel of the same title by Avery Corman, which I made it 88 pages through and I did not like, so I stopped. Um, the film was budgeted at $8 million, made $106.3 million at the box office and was the most financially successful movie of the year of its release. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes score of 88%. The divorce subject isn't as shocking, but the film is still a thoughtful, well-acted drama that resists the urge to take sides or give easy answers. It was nominated for a ton of Academy Awards. Film editing, cinematography, screenplay, supporting actress for Jane Alexander, supporting actress for Meryl Streep, supporting actor for Justin Henry, best actor for Dustin Hoffman, best director for Robert Benton, and best picture, it won five. It won best screenplay, best picture, best director, Best Actor and Best Supporting Actress for Meryl Streep. Um, yeah, I mean, a major kind of cultural landmark film of its time. Clearly, um, to some extent, I think that there, both Patrick and I will talk about it in a little bit, but, uh, you know, Jesse, you said you fast-forwarded through a lot <laughs> outside of Meryl's scenes. Uh, what did, you, um, did you, like, I mean, like, I will say I, I did I watch. Guess, what did you feel about the film? We'll, I watched we'll this movie a long. I watched this movie a long time ago because I think it was on a list of like best movies or best performances mm -hmm. or something. And I think this is when I, wa I watched it and I was like, "For who? Who? Who was the best in this? I don't know. Not Meryl Streep, you know." So I came into it not being impressed or re remembering that I wasn't impressed. But I will say, I um, did like a writing program, and they used this movie to discuss how great a story can be or like how story structure should work. They use this beat by beat to describe the perfect story, you know? So I, I'm very aware, because the woman who does it just goes through the whole fucking movie. So I know what happens every single mm -hmm. plot point or whatever. So like, I, kn I knew it was gonna happen. But um, what was the question, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just kind of what you're, I guess we're going to just dive in with our yeah, initial kind of thoughts you, on the movie. What was your initial yeah. reaction? Yeah. <laughs> I, for Meryl, I, now that you say that she won a fucking Oscar for this, <laughs> I was like, for what? Literally, she does nothing in the movie. She silently cries and they probably put some teardrops in her eyes and that's it. 
I'm like, if you're having your son, like if you're fighting in court for your son, you're not going to like have any emotion. You're just going to sit there and fucking cry silently. I'm over. I can't do it. These performances are so minute. I can't. It's so stupid and not believable in my eyes. Interesting. All right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 That's, that's that was, I feel... I feel like that was a pivotal. That was the pivotal moment of the movie when she was being questioned and she was crying, and it was like people are probably loving it. But I'm like, she's not giving it to me. She's hmm. not giving wow. it to me. Okay, okay. And, Emotionally, and, uh, I can't. And uh, interesting thing I read in uh, the book is um, her final monologue, where she kind of um, explains why she wants her son back. She wrote that herself uh, because Robert Benton felt he couldn't get close enough to kind of the female perspective there. So he wanted uh rewrite to see, so it would come from more her words. And uh, he was very satisfied with it. And I guess that Dustin Hoffman, who, who is notoriously was a complete pill to Meryl Streep the entire yeah. way through the Not shoot. Uh, that, <laughs> that part where she said, where she's getting asked, was I a good mother? And they cut back to Dustin uh, mouthing, yeah, you were. Uh, he did that off camera, unscripted, as she was doing it. When it was a close up on her, Benton saw it. Was he's like, "We gotta, we gotta flip the camera around and get you doing that again," because he got the reaction out of her that they really wanted. Where it was like this moment where they finally Connect. were like, they were like, we saw what their connection was. Because I think one of the things that the first time I saw the movie that I wish I had seen more of was kind of like their idea of how they fell in love in the first place like I felt they um because we just got them leaving and we didn't really get like yeah he's a workaholic and he wasn't paying a lot of attention to her but I thought felt like um you know I think that we mentioned in the previous episode how much I liked the opening of uh marriage story where they did the what I like about sequence where they did the montages where we saw the two characters and their love life and yeah. their story together before they got divorced so you knew what their kind of foundation was in their relationship and where it was going whereas you didn't know it's like she's walking out the door in the first two minutes of this movie i think this movie is a lot i mean a marriage story is what a hunt at two hours and 20 minutes long this movie's barely 100 minutes long it's a lot like more streamlined too long too long, too long. Still I, will, too long. I will say though that like here's my thing is that i think part of it is that like Meryl Streep was like kind of tasked with having to work with what is on paper one of the most unlikable characters. Yes. Like yeah. Ever. Like it's like it's just like a character that if on paper would uh 100% like yeah, like you even read the book, right? In the book, she's like the devil. I'm assuming. Like, yeah, yeah, she's. <laughs> like, they're even. Le they're even less fair to her in the book. Yeah, like she's yeah. just a bad person. And like, uh, in this movie, sh I think she does the best job you can of taking such a weak character that isn't given. Because that's the thing is like the character is weak. It's a weak character and. Uh, thin. It's her motivation. Thin. Her her motivation for leaving is, I mean, like obviously, I think in real life, like, just not like, kind of a vague feeling of not not being fulfilled and kind of having this husband who's not present at all is a yeah. very realistic reason to leave. Oh, totally. But I think, like, cinematically, 
it's not like doesn't have like the punch that you're looking for and kind of a big story well i think the thing too is like even in the movie like i mean weak in like two senses where like uh like i think like you know there's a version of this movie where maybe she takes the kid with her for example or maybe she's more strong against the husband and there's like a you know there's like a fuck you element or like a here's why you suck or whatever like she has like that kind of like that piece de resistance but i think that the character as written is just like you know she has so little faith in herself and it's so and i think i relate to the character because like i'll be real i'm a person who has very little faith in himself like i don't i don't like i don't like i I don't trust myself like i i don't trust myself to fucking raise a plant you know what i mean i don't like you know i'll kill it (laughs) like and so like um you know i oh god this is too real i guess but like i'm an insecure (laughs) I'm an insecure man and so like I I I grok to that insecurity like I worry like uh and where like uh and I get that it is weak it is and it's so frustrating because I remember when I first watched this uh I kind of had the same reaction you did in some scenes Jesse where it is like like fuck you fight for your kid Mm -hmm. like you asshole like what are you doing you're leaving your kid with freaking guy who doesn't know how to make french toast in the beginning of the movie like this insane but damn it he knows how to do it in the end oh and you he know knows that how to do it in the end that is a tearjerker gets me moment. i know it gets me but yeah. it's got it's got to be every single time yep still haven't cried yeah. I, I, I don't cried i still haven't cried yet if you're keeping I was track very, this time around i was very moved by the end uh, of the yeah but uh but like uh i think it's just that like i and i think it is just like a thing of like i get like where like Meryl Streep is coming from as a character where it's like, oh fuck, like I suck. Like I get like that and I don't suck. I'm fine. I love myself, blah, 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 blah. But like I-, I <laughs> We but love I, you too, Pat. Uh, you, you made the wrong choice, my friend. No. <laughs> Watch out. I'm- One day I wake up and there's a suitcase at the door. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm leaving the podcast single You're leaving tier. the podcast. <laughs> I have to take care of the podcast all by myself. I don't know how to, I don't know how to upload this to iTunes. Oh you're my like, God. What grade making- are you in, podcast? <laughs> you're, you're making French toast with your laptop. Just kidding. Oh, I not only ruined the French toast, but the laptop does not work anymore. <laughs> uh man, I'm, I'm like creepily looking at like like Slender Man. I'm looking at your podcast or whatever. She's uh, still it's that shot of her. Is, oh, that sucks. I hate uh, it's that. an unfor- it's an unfortunate shot of her kind of at that that cafe watching. Yeah, she looks like school a- drop off. It, it is very stalkery and a yeah. like. And I know that like. It was a big issue on set because uh, Meryl Streep had read the book and she kind of was fighting to give Joanna a lot more independent, like a lot more like backbone, a lot more character to it. And um, Dustin Hoffman saw this as, while it said Kramer versus Kramer in the title, it may have been called Ted Kramer in Dustin Hoffman's eyes. He really, and I mean, he's, I think he's, I think he's, Erasing all of the methods towards how he got to this performance, I think he's very, very good in this. Per- oh, I really like great, him a yeah. lot in this film, and I think that he does so many things, like that hug at the end with Billy, how he like briefly like clenches his eyes, like he's not crying, but he's just like he. It's it's just so he's so yeah. good, and but he is a total psycho, and oh, get yeah. it, you know, to you know went to as we've just, you know discussed in the previous episode, and you know he went to a lot of extremes. He treated Meryl Streep like shit 
to get to this part. And yeah, I, I don't, you know, and I, it's very clear he didn't really want, he wanted this to be kind of the arc he saw in this movie was Ted's journey from being uh, kind of absent-minded, career-oriented to being a good dad. Yeah, and that was what he saw this movie was. And it wasn't so much about a balance between the two characters. And I think that, the, you know, I, that's why I like Meryl Streep's performance in this movie, because I think she um, she's fighting for what she keeps, like, almost like the scraps she can get by Dustin Hoffman's overarching, like, land grab for as much of the emotional content of this movie and story as possible. And I think she does a lot with it. And I think like that opening scene in particular, it, it's really, I think kind of moving to think about she's making such a big choice. So it's like every word she's like letting out of her mouth when she's leaving him is difficult for her to get to. She doesn't know if she wants to do it yet, but she's like made up her mind at the same time. Like, you know, I, I mean, like if we get personal again, it's like, you know, getting dumped via note. And like when you live with them and they've left the note on the kitchen counter because they can't face you, you know, it's like that kind of like level of like, oh, this is going to be so hard and like getting up the nerve just to tear the bandaid off and like do that kind of thing. Can I add, this is what you got from her performance? Yeah. This is what you got from her performance? This is what we got. (laughs) Jesse is nodding his head. So like, I was just, I, I was bored. I couldn't. I it was, it was. She wasn't giving it to me. She wasn't serving it up for me. That's really like this is uh, this is all about taste, and there's no right or wrong at all when yeah. it comes to taste. And like uh, I do, like my personal taste does lean toward more the quiet and nuanced, yeah, in performance than it is the bigger. But doesn't matter. It's like that's what I like. Not what Jesse likes, so who yeah. cares? Like that's just like what you know, live your life, man. Like you and, know, and, and, well, and, also, and also like on top of that, like I will say, like yeah, like I can't like act like I can't lord my opinion over someone else because like I watched three movies this weekend. I watched Kramer versus Kramer, The Iron Lady, and then I watched like the CGI cutscenes for the Gears of War franchise. <laughs> so it's like the three things. So it's like I can't. I, there's like there's no way I can speak from a place of higher ground where I'm watching a movie where like, yeah, it's like the locusts are coming. I'm Marcus Phoenix, and we have to beat the Lambent. Like I can't. Like, I know. I'm not. I'm not. You know what? The most interesting thing about this podcast, though, is just kind of, and especially rewatching these movies, is that. You know, each time out, in with each guest we have on, there seems to be little to no consensus. No, <laughs> which is really like fascinating to see because, like, especially with Meryl Streep, like that we were talking about, it's like this like consistent like she's been nominated for like twenty five Academy Awards. It's like every, it, it, when we went into this show, there was this opinion like she's great. They're all great. They're all consistent. How are we going to pick between these? But every time out, I mean, you know, to get back to the previous episode with Kramer versus Kramer and Doubt, like I was very convinced Doubt was going to win that oh, week. Yeah. And I voted for Doubt. I really think she, I think she's great. I don't have doubts. I'm unlike, <laughs> I'm unlike her character. I have zero doubts about that. But, you know, we had a Karina. Yeah, Karina Wilson. On that episode, who is a professional actor who gave a very very like compelling reason why she thought she was better in Kramer versus Kramer than in Doubt and that's interesting because she's coming at it from a totally different angle and I think that's like definitely the most exciting part it's like you know we don't know especially if like we're not like 
you know, I met Jesse coming into this episode. I don't know what his tastes are. So I think that's very <laughs> exciting to hear like popping off. Like I hate him. I hate her. I hate both these. It's like, okay, cool. Let's find out more. I think that that's like the exciting part about this show is like you're taking something that is like, it would be like if we we're going through the Beatles albums, then somebody, you know, same kind of cultural like significant status. Whatever, yeah. yeah. And, you know, and I think that obviously like the beauty of art, the beauty of artistic endeavors is that it's not going to be for everybody. If it was for everybody, it would be incredibly boring. And I, that's, I will... that's what makes this fun. I will say too that like uh, to our uh, ten listeners or eleven listeners that are listening love ya. to this, love you, love you, love you all, love you, mom, love you, dad. Please don't yeah. go after Jesse. Don't send. <laughs> I know, I know I you won't. Oh, no, Please, I think, I'm I think, begging. Uh, I actually think my dad might be uh, pretty on board with some of Jesse's opinions. Here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's like I'm, I'm like what dad name a Meryl Streep movie. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I, yeah. I want I want someone to change my mind, honestly. Mm-hmm. I want someone to just give me give me a movie. I'll watch it. I mean, I didn't watch these two. But... <laughs> 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 give, me, give, me, give me a movie where you think that she's the best in. And I'll, I mean, Florida, I'll watch. I'll, I'll watch I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, Jesse. I am not as confident in Florence Foster <laughs> Jenkins as Patrick is. <laughs> I'm a freak for Florence. Yeah, he's a Florence okay. freak. He's a I'm Florence a freak. freak. Well, You're a I Hugh head. Just, I'm a Hugh head. Go, yeah. go ahead and reach out and let me know what I should be watching. I'll give it a chance. I'll what? even I'll just even if I'll just go on YouTube and watch the clip of her performance. <laughs> yeah, if you, if you have a super cut of Meryl Streep like really, really balling her ass off, I think that, that might be the um might be the ticket here. Yes. But I, I mean, I just think it it's just it comes down to she's she is extremely controlled. Yeah, performer, and we've kind Who of talked about it before with like <laughs> her. We talked about like I think Julia Moore is a very good comparison because Julia Moore, in almost everyone, especially her earlier movies, does have this like "fuck you" kind of moment. Or I something love like it. That. Don't you yeah. love that? That's oh, yeah. like real. Yeah. Oh my it god, it's great. It's she's. <laughs> I mean, like I, that. I love that. I, I think it's wild and. It is very thrilling and exciting. And like we've kind of talked about it a little bit in comparison to, you know, some of uh, Meryl Streep's male contemporaries, yeah. like Al Pacino or Robert I was De Niro. Like, that too. In particular, I guess Al Pacino would be, or even Dustin Hoffman, their kind of bread and butter are like big, bold, vibrant, yeah. like. Like there's no seemingly no... coke fueled freakouts. <laughs> there's no yeah, there's no world where Meryl Streep is doing the uh, the Dunkachino dance. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> like obviously you'd kill to see her play like Vincent Hanna in Heat, where she's like <laughs> because she's got a great ass. You know? <laughs> uh, Meryl Streep saying great ass like the Cookie Crisp cereal mascot would be. Yeah, funny. yeah, but that's I, funny. Is it... <laughs> You know, it isn't her, and I think that's something I've been thinking about, just kind of like, Jesse, in our previous episodes, we've done a lot of games where we've been like, oh, what kind of movie would you like to see Meryl Streep in? What kind of directors who hasn't she worked with would you like to see her, or co-stars or whatever? And we've always gone kind of like crazy with it. It's been like, you know, Adam Sandler, or David Cronenberg, or the Safdie brothers, or, you know, kind of we want to see her get freaky. Yeah, mm-hmm. basically. But 
after reading a couple biographies, looking through her filmography, she's not interested in that. <laughs> she's yeah. just like, it isn't so much about like there, I'm sure there is, there's always going to be, unfortunately, like, there, you know, because it happened in the past, a level of misogyny and a level of studio executives not wanting to give her like a taxi driver level of like solo crazy performance. But I don't think she was seeking those out at the same time. She was very, she's very, very committed to kind of like, she, like I, I heard her review of uh, Pulp Fiction in this book where, because we've talked about like, oh, it'd be interesting to see her with Quentin Tarantino. That could be kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like, I get it. It's very smart, very creative. <laughs> but I hated it with every inch of my life. And oh my I do God. not understand <laughs> how anyone could say they loved something uh. that disgusting. And I'm like, <laughs> that sums it up right there. It's like, she's not into it. Got it. And Got it. Me, me and Meryl Streep don't see eye to eye. That's no, yeah. Uh. I think that, yeah, it's, and in a sense, she is, like we've talked about her, like, oh, she's got to work with this auteur, this auteur. She is her own auteur. She mm-hmm. is very meticulous in picking all of these roles and kind of like the types of parts she wants to play and if you don't like these types of parts you're not going to like her work that's funny she is pretty rigid in these choices that's so wild yeah she is at a point she is like one of the like it's like there's probably five actors out there where it is truly like you have to conform to streep streep doesn't conform to you yeah, which is like wild to think. I can't. I'm trying to think of like is maybe Daniel Day, but no, even Daniel Day Lewis is like. I think the only one I could think of on them. Well, there's a few, but I think Leonardo DiCaprio is. Maybe yeah. You're not really going to tell him what to do. He's going to pick. He's yeah. going to let you. Like I mean, I even read this book about Nolan recently, where DiCaprio basically sat Nolan down and like made him rewrite multiple sections of Inception. Wow. <laughs> you know, and, but he was he did some nice stuff because he thought it was uh very important to really amp up the Marion Cotillard romance scenes. I, I will say to get more of an emotional element to the cops journey. I will say too that like uh, the only thing I, I can't remember if I've said this uh anecdote on the podcast in the past, but um I once gave a lift ride to a person who was in Gangster Squad, the Sean Penn movie, and oh. supposedly Sean Penn like the entire movie, he was like a an extra, like an extra, like he was like right above an extra, like a, an extra that like I guess gets like extra money. I don't know how it works, but uh, but uh, featured. He was a featured, featured. extra. Thank mm. you, thank you. You know more about. Yeah. I know how to drive a car. He's he's in the biz, Patrick. He, yeah, he's Johnny Hollywood, but uh, Johnny Hollywood in the house. Yep, uh, Jesse Esparza would, uh, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but uh, yeah, Sean Penn apparently was just like in total like i'm doing this my way you can't tell me what to do uh which apparently did not make the movie super like that movie has although that movie also suffered from other issues too like i think like there were scenes that were cut out due to like some political stuff that was happening and then also ruben fleischer was supposedly like a very green director he Uh, he is that's a big big movie for the dude coming off of like one hit like to have that many personalities and do a big period gangster movie it's like Mm-mm. and especially like it looked i never saw it because i thought it looked too too slick and modern yeah. for a gangster movie like but that's 
That has <laughs> nothing. This has nothing to do with Meryl Streep yeah, at we, all. We, this is another. <laughs> but, this is, yeah. We, Sorry, sorry, Ruben. We're sorry, Ruben. But if you sorry, have Ruben, I mean, if you have, if you've like done a meeting with Meryl, come on the show, join us. Yeah. You know, let us know about it. Little flashy. We, we've gotten some good, you know, in-person street stories over the course of the show, but we have not had anyone actually like chat with her. We've seen, we've had a few people be in the same room as Meryl, but uh, no, no chatting. Yeah. But um, you know, I think this time around just to get to a couple more Kramer versus Kramer things before we move on to Iron Lady. Yeah. I, I, I think that I, I know I gave her the Tucci. Mm-hmm. That sounded very dirty um, <laughs> last time around, but I think Jane Alexander's phenomenal. Oh, yeah. I like her film. performance I think, um, you know, and frankly, I think she should have won the Best Supporting Actor instead of Streep, which I, I agree. If her last name had been Kramer, perhaps you know, if her character last name had been a title character, but I think she brought a lot to a, perhaps an even more thankless role and really brought her that character to life. And I know that, uh, I don't know if you, I think we may have mentioned this last time around, she was a last second replacement for another actor. Yeah. In that role, because they'd art, they shot a day of scenes, and apparently the other actor was so freaked out by Dustin Hoffman that they developed a stutter, and they couldn't drop it, and they had to fire her and uh, bring in someone who, um, very similar to uh, There Will Be Blood, actually, the original actor was playing the Eli Sunday, the preacher role, was too freaked out by Daniel Day Lewis. And uh, so they fired him a couple days in and Paul Dano had just been cast as the brother who does one scene only. And they're like, you wanna come in and do the bigger part. Oh, wow. And yeah, cause yeah, I, 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 Paul Thomas Anderson, I think has been quite kind that he's never said who. Oh, yeah, really? I, I think you could look it up but he's never actually said in an interview or anything. Um, who that actor was because he said he just he and he's been you know very polite and kind of like just yeah. didn't work out but you then you hear other stories like oh yeah the guy was like just couldn't like i could i could say uh, like yeah. stand up to him in a way in a way and i guess the same issue happened on kramer with uh dustin hoffman because he's such a you know just a complete like he's, lunatic, he's yeah. a great actor he's oh yeah complete lunatic and, and at that period too apparently I just read that Dusty, Dusty, as I call him, close. Uh, he was going through his own divorce at the time as well, and doing a lot of hanging out at Studio Fifty Four and everything that goes along with what it hanging out at Studio Fifty Four in nineteen seventy eight. So um, he was he he was having personal problems in addition to being a lunatic method actor, and you know, and Streep. This was her one of her first things after the death of John Cazale. Uh, and that played a part here too, because I just watched a um, big recommendation too. Uh, I knew it was you, the John Cazale documentary. I watched that yesterday, and it's uh, really great. And there's some good Meryl Streep interview nice. in that. But um, we'll apparently I- Hoffman was like leaning over to her before the big emotional scenes and whispering John Cazale in her ear. Oh, jeez. Which That's is dark. So, <laughs> Which is dark. <laughs> so supremely fucked up. What a bad man. That's not because nice. uh, he was so of the school of like 
you know, that classic method actor, like take everything that's personally going on to you, put it all into this oh. thing. And if you read anything about her, she kind of thinks that's horseshit, that style. Like she, and I think you could, I think this kind of gets back to that emotional thing that uh, Jesse was getting at. Like <laughs> if you're thinking about your dead partner a lot, you're probably going to be- um, A little in your head. Well, no, more than a little in your head, but a little bit more like emotionally erratic and kind of mm. like bigger. I think, you know, bigger, but she wasn't really bringing that Mm-mm. into it as much as like, I mean, but he was doing, I mean, like, obviously we've heard the story that he slapped her in the hallway scene when she's trying to break, like right before they, he slapped her and then they held action. Um, and then the scene where he throws the wine glass she did not know about. Oh, that, yeah. he, that he was going to throw the wine glass and she had glass in her hair after oh it was over. God. I, you know, and he is, of course, like, this is all great. We're getting it all. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, the story about when the kid falls in the playground and he has to cry because he has bashed his head. Hoffman apparently, like, leaned over. I think I told this the last time around, but he leaned over and whispered in the kid's ear. He goes, you see all the friends you've made on set? When this is over you're never going to see any of them again. <laughs> and the kid, like, burst into tears. <laughs> I was like, we got it. <laughs> That's yeah, I had a, great. And apparently, like, the director had um, Benton pretty much put the kid in Dustin Hoffman's... Like, Dustin was directing him, basically, because they wanted the closeness between the father and the son. Yeah. But... I mean, they, they got some great stuff, but, you know, what, at, what you know, as, we, as we like to say, what cost? Yeah, and, it, and it's interesting, too, because, like, I see this movie now more as, like, because, uh, and I brought this up in the last time, like, yeah, this movie feels like, uh, so many scenes feel like Norman Rockwell paintings come to life. Like, that's just the aesthetic of the movie, very Norman Rockwell, very, like, Americana, and, uh, which is weird for, like, a, a movie set in New York, but, like, it has, like, this very, like, you've made it, this is the American dream, like, that's the aesthetic. But then, like, it feels like uh, more watching it this time than last time, I've kind of realized, yeah, this movie is kind of about, like, like Dustin Hoffman coming to terms with not achieving the American dream. Or, like, the what we, I, I mean, you know, what we decide, you know, having, like, the, 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 the kid, the perfect wife, perfect kid, perfect job, and, like, him having to, like, grow as a human in order to, like, you know, uh, process that. And I think they do a good job of doing that, but maybe it's like not worth like making a little boy cry every day or whatever, saying it like yes. Yeah, and, and I think the movie, the movie now, like in the moment, it was like such like a oh, wow. They're talking about divorce. They're talking about a man taking on the ladies' roles. Talking about a lady leaving, you know, and uh, none of that seems obviously all that edgy at this like forty some odd years later so i think that it's best to kind of look at this movie as a period piece and like oh cool new york looks really neat in 1979 and and we talked about it before dustin hoffman's clothes rule like i would wear all those clothes like i'm about his height like send them my way Uh, (laughs) (laughs) oh man i um oh the last thing i'm going to say is that uh the howard duff like the lawyer john sonnesy so when i saw him last time he had that little flower and stuff and i said he was like kind of like dressed like a wizard 
<laughs> I, I take it back. <laughs> not a wizard. I'm gonna take it back. He's not a wizard. He's like Tammany Hall. He's like someone who is like yeah, would have been could... like a 1920s polit or a, like a he would have been a crooked politician in 1910s New York that was like beating the shit out of a young Fiorella Laguardia <laughs> in an alleyway. <laughs> like... <laughs> I love the performance. I think you could smell the scotch and cigars oh, yeah. through the through the screen with that character, and he so he's really capturing. Oh, he's great. Right, yeah. what it means to be a uh divorce lawyer like in the same way that leota in marriage story captured the modern sleazy divorce lawyer he this guy like hit a home run in the 1979 version of that oh yeah he's like ray leota's irish grandpa like <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh do you have but, any other uh finishing like any more uh, opinions on kramer versus kramer anyone any, any any takes any flavors? That's good. I, I did I did like Jane Alexander. Is that her name? Yes. <laughs> I now I did so much fast forwarding. Is she his sister? No, she is his neighbor. She was friends with Meryl Streep before Meryl Streep moved out, and she's also gone through a divorce. Her husband left her, Got and it. her and Hoffman kind of form a single parents going to the park with their kids bond he, he gets a little touchy with her we talked about that before it's weird it's definitely like his acting style of like mm. patting her on the ass and stuff like that which is you know mm. sticks out yeah. as not but being she all was, that she was great no, she was she was she was my um stanley tucci in that movie i thought she was very good yeah i think she's uh i think she's terrific in that jane if you're listening man come on the show Please, uh, are you one yeah. of our 11 listeners? <laughs> I think uh, to sum it up, I think we thought Mel Street brought some, the very least, interesting mm-hmm. things to the role, but was it too nuanced to move on to the final four? We'll see. <laughs> Ooh, that, was a, that was a damn cliffhanger, wasn't it? Um, uh, I'm, I'm hanging from the damn ledge. Yeah, like Stallone <laughs> in, in the film Cliffhanger. Oh, yeah. If you want to hear us review that too, we'll do a bonus episode. I watched it last year. It's fun. (laughs) Um, uh, But we're moving on. We're moving on to a big one in some people's eyes. 2011's The Iron Lady, directed by two-time Academy Award, Academy Academy director, Felina Lloyd of the late, also, who also directed the late great uh, Mamma Mia, written by Abby Morgan, uh, budgeted at 10.6 million. And I think, we can get to that, but I think that shows um, made a 115.9 million at the box office. A tidy sum. The film has a 52% on Rotten Tomatoes. Huh. The site's consensus reads, Meryl Streep's performance as the Iron Lady is reliably perfect, but it's mired in bland, self-important storytelling. Oh, boy. Okay, so I'm going to say really quickly, so like I said, saw three movies. I watched uh, Iron Lady, Kramer vs. Kramer, <laughs> Gears of War cutscenes. One of the movie, I'm, I may have liked the Gears of War cutscenes a little more than this movie, just a little bit. <laughs> I'm, I'm seeing that actually here in my Wikipedia printout, that review actually, Patrick, from you. Um, Margaret Thatcher never saw the film. <laughs> That's a little fun fact. Nominated for two Academy Awards, Best Makeup. Uh, one of the makeup artists, Joy, J. Roy Helland, um, has been Meryl Streep's hair and makeup artist for her entire career since her stage days. 
and apparently on set is essentially like her bodyguard also serves as her bodyguard and um listens in on all of the set gossip and then brings it back to Meryl Streep so she's aware of everything that's going on and uh also best it was also nominated for best actress it won both best actress and best makeup uh the iron lady we were mixed on it the previous time we reviewed it um Mm -hmm. I think this movie I think we kind of summed it up as trying to have it both ways yeah. in that uh, to make a compassionate biopic about a powerful woman who broke a glass ceiling. But unfortunately, that powerful woman was also a terrible human being who <laughs> hurt a lot of people's lives. And the movie at best skims over that, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, in favor of a very, very <laughs> odd love story. Um, yeah. Jesse, had you seen the Iron Lady before skimming it this time around? No, and I still haven't seen it the whole <laughs> the whole way through. Okay. <laughs> the um, <laughs> this one kind of I think you know Patrick kind of summed it up so nicely on the previous Iron Lady episode. The idea of this was built in a lab. For all, to win Meryl Streep an Academy Award and utilize all of her Streepisms to kind of their utmost. She's doing yes. it all. She's doing wigs. She's doing makeup. She's doing an accent. She's playing all ages. She's got dementia. Yeah, speeches. I I really liked her in this, and I think it's oh. because. I think it's because she was in it more. <laughs> so, yeah. You know. <laughs> I think that but, that's a big thing. But also now that you're talking about it, I'm like, was it just the old person makeup? Because I was like, huh, she looks really old. <laughs> so it, might, it might just be the makeup. But I was like, huh, Meryl Streep looks pretty old. And then, yeah, her accent was fun. It kind of reminded me of Julia and Julia, you know, mm-hmm. was going into Julia Child a little bit, but I was like, she's really becoming a different person in this role. Other, you know, you know, versus, you know, Kramer versus Kramer where she was just softly crying, you know? So I, I did enjoy this one more. Again, I hate watching movies. So I, and I couldn't fast forward through it because she was in the whole fucking time. <laughs> so I did, I watched maybe a little bit more than half of it, but I was like, I got it. I like it. I like her in it. Okay. Okay. That's interesting. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I think I think she's really. I mean, I I I think she's really good in this as well. Yeah. Like I think I find this movie very troubling, but I think she's really really good in this. Oh, and nice. I, in particular was I was very affected by the scenes where she was the dementia scenes, mm. for lack of a better mm-hmm. term. Like I thought that those scenes obviously are in the movie to humanize. Margaret Thatcher to get away from the scenes where she's like bomb them bomb them all you know, yeah. or, you know, or like, like yeah, the Irish are dogs like yeah, yeah it's uh-huh. like oh there's no food well maybe they should get a job you know that kind yeah. of stuff oh man which yeah. is very you know chilling and the funny part is is I'm not entirely certain the filmmakers thought that was chilling they're like oh she's just like asserting herself and like that's wonderful in a sense that she's like making her way and telling all those assholes and like weird wigs and stuff like that to sit down <laughs> in the parliament chamber but 
for for the forces of evil <laughs> like it's yeah. like what she's doing it for and it makes me very uncomfortable and it, it makes it hard for me to kind of like really dig into this movie emotion like yeah. a emotionally watch this movie um you know she's such a giving co-star so she's great with jim broadbent and his bizarre yeah manic pixie dream husband <laughs> yeah, performance my... <laughs> manic just a manic pixie dream yeah yeah i mean he, he's it's a it's a strange performance the guy who plays him when he's young is also strange yeah. so they're uh, <laughs> like at least they're consistent with dennis um i, will... I just I, yo, go ahead, Patrick. Sorry. No, I was just gonna say, like, I will say, like, I'll I'll be real though. I watched this a, watching this a second time. Like, in some ways, uh, this film is easier to watch than some of the previous films we've watched on this podcast. Like, it does like go by at like a steady clip that I appreciate. Um, and there's like some quirks that are kind of like I love like all the the unnecessary Dutch angles in this movie. Like, this, oh, it's, it's so many weird like cinematic choices to like make. It's like. I never thought Margaret Thatcher's life should be shot like a music video. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> or like uh, the, the Tom Hooper Les Mis. Yeah, it's, yeah. Very, it's very aggressive. And it's, uh, only, and it's only 104 minutes, which yeah, it's is very- like shocking for a topic this large. Yeah. It's shockingly short. I know before we came on, Patrick, you mentioned it's like this could pro- easily be like a 10 episode miniseries of her life and they're just like skimming it it's like now there's another riot why is there a riot if you don't know anything about 1980s england you might be kind of in the dark on what (laughs) what all all these strikes are all about (laughs) where are the falk ones who cares we're sending the navy you Um, know yeah but uh, bomb them bomb them all (laughs) but i will i will say watching it like a second time that like uh the whole like i bring back the lab thing like it did feel less like. So I know that you think Jesse that Streep's heart is not in like Kramer versus Kramer, mm-hmm. but I feel like that performance to me feels a little more. Even if it's not like passionate and fiery, there's something a little more real in that. Like to me, this movie is kind of like Streep at her like peak power. Like this is like you know. Kramer versus Kramer is like Goku and Dragon Ball. This is like this is like this is like Goku and Dragon Ball Z, where she she can become Super Saiyan. Uh, she and she has like you know she can shoot Kamehamehas and whatnot. She knows all the tricks, uh, and so and she's like go, doing it, but it's not like it doesn't have that like uh, you know it, it, it's like she knows the tricks, and so it doesn't have that same sense of like uh, having to. I feel like I'm not this. Well, no, I think yeah. what Patrick, you're saying... I have no idea what you're talking about with the Dragon Ball Z references. I'm so sorry, but <laughs> that's totally fair. That's totally fair. <laughs> you're the, you're the, you're, I shouldn't have brought it up. <laughs> I, I, I don't know either, but that's okay. Um, uh, but I would say though, what you're kind of what did remind me of something Karina said when she picked Kramer versus Kramer over doubt was this idea that like Kramer versus Kramer is a young actress, kind of like feeling around, trying a few things, getting kind of like familiar with herself and kind of her moves and stuff like that. And things like Doubt of the Iron Lady, she's been in the biz for 30, 40 years. She's won everything. She's a legend. So she's like very, very aware of what works, kind of the things to hit on when in each moment. And it's, it's, 
And it, and it, and it, it, it's and that you lose the nuance because she's like, oh, I know I should cry here. I know I should like stammer here. Like it's it's not as hard probably. It, yeah, and as it's it was just, back then. And as a result, like it does feel like yeah, it feels a little more like and Rhodes the wrong term because it is good. Like she is mm-hmm. good in it, but it just it, it doesn't like uh, there's no moment where like it it touches me with the exception of that one scene where she like 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 just straight up uh, owns that one dude who gave him the speech or whatever. Like, ooh, it's so, like, it gives well, me... Mem- a, I think it's the scariest scene she's ever been in is when she's grading that guy's notes in the little cabinet scene, and she's just like, that spelling here, what, did no one proofread this? You know, and she's just <laughs> like, like, am I surrounded by idiots? And, and you see this pork, this guy just like, shrinking oh, yeah, next to her and it's so uncomfortable and I was just like I almost want like an hour and a half movie of her like grading papers in a very cruel fashion yeah like oh. I uh, <laughs> like, like I like, I, like, like like goes back like I read that book about James Cameron a few weeks ago and it's like apparently he's like that on every single set he'll come up with cinematography he's like who taught you how to read a light meter have you ever read a light meter before <sighs> yeah because it doesn't seem that way. And it's just like this, and it's just brutal. I've been, like, un- you know, I've been under the sea, sir. Yeah. <laughs> you had the bends, because I have more than more times than I can fucking count. Yeah. <laughs> Twice I, on Titanic. <laughs> I created the Navi. Yeah, I know. What did you do, <laughs> asshole? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I, but, yeah, and I, I, I think, like... But I think that's another element, though. Like, I don't think Streep would want too many of the, like, too many of those scenes. Yeah, which is like, fair. Because her, the reason she took this part, the reason she wanted to be in this movie, was this idea of playing someone who, a woman who changed history and broke through, you know, broke through yeah. barriers and was, you know, they very specifically shoot her in those, like, wide shots in the parliament chamber or entering the parliament chambers. You know, it, like, She's wearing like a different color than everybody else to really stick out. She is alone in there. And I think that that is what interested uh, Meryl Streep about this role far more than like digging deep on Margaret Thatcher's austerity programs. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and, and like, you know, and, and I think it's also totally fair, like, you know, like give it like another 10 years, maybe we'll get like the, 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 the it doesn't like this movie doesn't have to be like the down and dirty, uh, Thatcher movie and necessary. Yeah, maybe they'll get yeah. Kate Blanchett to play her in like ten years and oh, um, yeah. uh... knock it out of the park. You know, there yeah. you go. I mean, like that seems that seems possible. I mean, I yeah, honestly, it's so funny. Like, yeah, one of the games we play sometimes is like fantasy casting uh, for like you know older movies. But like, I do love the idea. Like, there are some actors that I would like to see their take on uh, Margaret Thatcher and maybe like a little less reverent, like a. Oh man, like I'm wondering, like does Frances McDormand does she ever do British? Does she ever does she ever do accents? Although like she, she doesn't need, she doesn't need that, to. Yeah, she doesn't not, need to. Doesn't need <laughs> to. Wrong. Just like just have a Frances just have Frances McDormand in her normal accent. <laughs> no, just a wig. <laughs> yeah, not even, like, just makeup. Like, yeah, she could just play like real grumpy and mouthy. Great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she's just it's her character from Three Billboards. She's just <laughs> she looks like I'm the 
She's, the leader she's, of she's truly incredible. I had, I had the chance, a little off topic. I had the chance to see Nomadland, and she's um. Oh really? She's astound. She's astounding in it. It's uh, it's it's a pretty, it's a pretty special movie. Oh, that's funny to me because so. like, so Nomadland, that's the movie to me where like I see that movie, and it's like currently, if you go on like Metacritic and all that shit, all the predictors, all the prognosticators and whatnot, that's like the movie that's number one right now for everyone. Mm-hmm. And so now for me, like uh. Whenever I see that, I am always like, I don't know if you're number one. I don't know. Like that. That's almost yeah, like a, a little turn. skeptical. Yeah, I get skeptical. So like, that's interesting. I'll see it. I'll watch it's, it. It's re- it's really good. I mean, I, I uh, yeah. It's a, it's 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 an interesting choice to be kind of the front runner for best picture because it's a very like small scale mm-hmm. movie. It's not. It's but it's it's it. What's really extraordinary about it is, it's probably like the most intimate film that also feels completely epic yeah. that I've seen in quite a long time. Like it's, it's such a intimate, it's like sparse character piece. And it's just kind of really with her, but it's also, she gets to see these vast landscapes. She travels all around the country, mm-hmm. so, which is pretty cool. And what they do, is, which is so amazing is pretty much everyone she meets on the road are the real people. They're playing themselves. Yeah. And she's kind of like infiltrating this world and fitting in seamlessly. Like, you don't see, like, oh, this two-time Academy Award-winning actor. You just see someone who's, like, living among this these people. It's, like, such a lived-in and real performance. It's yeah. really, really astounding stuff. I will say, like, I love the writer. The writer slaps. And, like, Chloe, <laughs> is it Chloe Zhao? It's, yeah. She's an incredible director. So very, I mean, very strong director. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and of I course, say, doing a fucking Marvel movie next, but why yeah, not? She's, <laughs> she's doing, yeah, Turtles. That'll be fun. Yeah, where like Kumail Nanjiani like got like yeah, what he, the one where he got ripped for. Yep, and like yeah, yeah. His, it looked like his head was about to explode when he had that picture at the dinner. <laughs> yeah, he hasn't he because he hasn't eaten in four weeks before they took that picture. Uh, okay. Yeah, I, I had a doctor's appointment last week. I couldn't eat Wednesday. And that was killing me. I know, no, who knows how Kumail felt. <laughs> oh no way, no way. Oh my god. Or uh, yeah, I feel you. I feel you. Uh, yeah, but you know, back to the Iron Lady though. I think like the one thing that does, I this movie is so breezy and skims over so many things that seem important. Like yeah, all of like her henchmen who end up betraying her at the end yeah. of it to like run on their own. Like Richard E. Grant shows up and you're like, oh, I love Richard E. Grant, but he's just kind of in the background. Yep. Like it almost feels like they shot like an extra 40 minutes of movie. And they were just like, let's cut this down like as hard as possible to like the fastest thing we can do. The entire story that matters is her and Dennis. <laughs> and because and the further we get into the political side of things, I have a feeling like they, they'll be like the further the libs who are watching this movie <laughs> because none of no like you know no one none of the actual market because the market that your fans probably already think this movie is against them because it's being made by hollywood people so yeah. the only people going to see this movie are people watching the academy awards who are like 95 percent liberal to begin with who hate margaret thatcher's thought policies so they're stuck between a rock and a hard place basically yeah. so it's like let's just get more and more of her with her husband and how much their love story was because yeah. we this Anytime we actually say what she feels about anything, you're like, well, that's dark. You're just going to let people die in the streets? (laughs) (laughs) Which Uh, was her opinion. Oh, totally. She was a, yeah, not a good person. Uh, I want to say, too, that, like, yeah, there are so many 
fun character actors in this movie that truly only do get like 10 minutes here, 15 minutes here. Like you said, like Jesse before, I don't know if you said that. I can't remember if you said this on the podcast or before we recorded. I think it was right before we went on. Yeah, yeah the Phoebe Waller-Bridge. She's uh, like, yes. yeah, the best. Like, she's one of the like, play bag slaps. And she's like in the movie for like 10 seconds. And immediately you're like, man, that she could, what's her story? I want to know about Phoebe Waller-Bridge. She did interesting stuff too. Like with like bringing up the books, it was kind of like, oh yeah, you're bringing in kind of weird character choices with <laughs> yeah. this person, but you're, we're never going to see you again. And same, same frankly goes for Olivia Coleman as the uh, oh Margaret God, Thatcher's yeah. daughter. Like just for an actor who is, who registers so hard and so many other things to kind of be a blip. And then you're told that, oh wait, the lady who won best actor for the favorite was in this and didn't register at all. You're like, wow, that's kind of surprising yeah bill nighy he's so good it went for the little bit he's in in the movie as soon as bill nighy plays like the british person that unfortunately gets uh uh his car was oh, bombed yeah oh, yeah her best friend who yeah, we her best friend. Scene, yeah, the one scene blew up yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that scene See, was, it was not, a real tragedy. Yeah, yeah, that scene was not treated proper, super well. Like they could have handled that a little better, probably. Uh, but um, but uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. What else is? I don't know. I'm trying to think of like, <laughs> like what? There's not much because it is like it's so hard. It's hard to talk about a performance like this because it is like, like you can say it's technically good and you can say it hits the right beats. And, you know, we can give the reasons why, but it's hard to, like, uh, you know, I don't know. Like, it doesn't have that, where does it connect? I don't connect with it as much as I would like. And there's only, like, two or three scenes where I truly do connect. And they're the moments where, you know, she is just, like, being mean to people or, like, <laughs> or, or, like, I guess, like, yeah, or when she's truly realized her life is, like, uh, kind of, like, not where she wants to be at at the moment like you know towards the end but even then like i have a hard time connecting to those scenes because you have jim broadbent being like the fucking great gazoo which is so like it's hard i don't know it, 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 it takes me out of it personally the broadbent stuff mm -hmm. it just yes. it's which is like and i get why it's there she's she's doing i think she's so great in the film but i think like yeah the film isn't doing her any favors in how much she's bringing to the table mm -hmm. and i think like it is just for me it's just it's it's so hard to like get in there and really feel like a lot of sympathy for her when she's you know yeah. frankly so cruel yeah it's it's and, <laughs> I mean, it's interesting and i think that they could have like patrick you mentioned oliver stone's nixon yes before we uh, came on and there's another the robert altman's film secret honor which is another nixon movie yeah. taking a character who is a dark dark character and trying to find a way to understand their humanize their darkness yeah. but not necessarily give you like sympathize with their darkness yeah um nixon does a great it's an interesting job choice yeah because yeah, like nixon you totally relate to nixon at many points of the movie because he does feel like the odd man out or the bullied guy or he was like never one of the country club kids and there are points in the movie where I'm like, yeah, Nixon, you get him. Like in <laughs> his um his like genuine hatred of the Kennedys because they are exactly that. Oh yeah. Like they are the haves. And oh, it totally. just drives him nuts. And it like but yeah. it drives him so nuts he's Yeah, it becomes you know, like a Batman villain. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, and I think I think that's an interesting like thing. Like you take someone who has like 
And they could have done it with this, like a level of like, yeah. they start off with like an innocent desire. Like, I see where she's coming from. She's like, I came from this grocery store. My dad was trying his best. We made it through the war, all this kind of stuff. But we don't see like what curdles her into this whole like, well, they if they're not eating, then they should starve to death. You know, kind of, yeah. uh, you know, and that I think that that turn would be really interesting. But I have a feeling it's just, I imagine in England, this topic is a difficult one uh, very to this day. Like that, none of us really have a real grasp on kind of not, living, not this, living under her. I mean, and, we, and you know, frankly, you know, we live in a country where her counterpart of the era, Ronald Reagan, you know, people like Barack Obama praise, and they shouldn't. They shouldn't. He sucked. He was a monster too. Yeah. I, I don't want to get too political, folks, but you know, uh, <laughs> he, you know we were there, baby. You know, yeah. it's like, uh, and man. yeah. So I think these people, you know, power makes it seem like you have intelligence or you have like skills or you have decency or whatever. Generally speaking, though, you don't. You're a yeah. sociopath. You made it this far that you're ruling people. I mean, that's, you know, and you've asked a great majority of people to like you and thus vote for you. Like that's on the, like Uh, talk about insecurities, Patrick, that's crazy behavior for those of us who are a little more insecure. (laughs) That's why I relate to Margaret Thatcher so much. Yeah. (laughs) Joanna Joanna Kramer, Margaret Thatcher. (laughs) Two sides of the same coin. I have, yeah. And I have like, you know, a tattoo right here of Margaret and a tattoo of uh, (laughs) Joanna. And on your back, and you in your back got the big American flag, like Ricky from Ricky and the Flash. That's true. Yeah. And on my stomach, a little Rick Springfield. Yep. Giving a little wink, like a little. I've been trying. I don't know if you all noticed. I've been trying to like tweet through our account Rick Springfield's way, just to kind of like let him know that we're out there, that we're big fans. We'd love mm-hmm. to have him on to talk about Ricky and the Flash. And we haven't heard anything back, but you know, fingers crossed. Please that, talk about. Uh, I would also love to talk about his weird. A wonderful performance in True Detective, like yeah. the best True part Detective of True Detective season two. Plays yes. like just please. an insane character. Yeah, want, please, we want to know all about that. Like, like not <laughs> not not acting for like decades, and then like all of a sudden, I'm a crazy plastic surgery man. It was <laughs> yeah, it's wild, and we've told a lot of jokes about having fantasy celebrities come on the show to talk to us. We genuinely want Rick Springfield on the show. I think that that would be. Very interesting to hear some Ricky stories and some True Detective stories and if you some Jesse's Girl stories, frankly, if you really want to get down to it. But um, but you know, Iron Lady, she's great. The movie is not. You know, almost you know, I and it's. I think this could be very. I genuinely don't know what movie is going on. Uh, Jesse, do you have any final thoughts on Iron Lady before we move on yeah. to? Like I said, she looked pretty old, which I thought was cool. <laughs> um, and I think, you know, that may or may not have been her makeup department. But I think she did encapsulate a different character. And I think she did a good job at that, which to me is acting. So I enjoyed it for the time that I did watch it. <laughs> that sounds, yeah, no, I mean, that's... <laughs> I think that, uh, that 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 actually like cuts it cuts it down very well to like the basic <laughs> the very basics of like yeah I mean she gets lost she does get lost in this character 
Like yeah. you're not seeing the oh, Meryl yeah. Streep at award shows, no. you know, yelling at the stage or anything like that. And I think that Joanna Kramer seems a lot more like if Meryl Streep had not become, there was no way she was not going to, but if she had not become kind of the queen of Broadway and prior to that, the star of Yale Theater and so forth, you could see her as just a young woman working in New York who gets involved in a shitty marriage with a guy who's mm-hmm. way into way more into the art department and his advertising firm than her and her son. Yeah. yeah. So it feels I a little bit say- it is weird seeing her so young. So maybe that just took me out of it a little bit too. Because she was so young in that movie. I was like, who is this? I can't. <laughs> she does not have her regal air yet. Exactly. Um, yeah. And Kramer. And that is interesting. You watch Kramer or Deer Hunter or French Lieutenant's Woman or something like that. You definitely see a different side of her. Yes. Yeah. Um. But I guess, you know, let's get to it. Um, as we all know, we are basing it off of performance, not quality of film, best street performance. We are scientists. This is a scientific study about performance. I just drank a three bottle. Ex- from three just, absolute experts. I just drank but before we get to the, oh. I just said I drank a chemical. bottle. Just, I just drank a bottle of chemical. I was just making a bad one-off joke. I just I, thought I, you like that. All I could picture was Patrick walking over to his sink like a little kid who doesn't know what a Mister Yuck sticker is, <laughs> and grabbing a bottle of bleach and just pouring it down. Like, oh, science. Okay. <laughs> is this what being a scientist means? Gulp, gulp, gulp. Yep. Um, but first, obviously, uh, you know, crowd favorite, Stanley Tucci. Supporting Player of the Week award needs to be given out. Patrick, hit us with your tooch. Oh, man. That gotta was get... dirty as well. Yep. Got to hit with that tooch. Uh, I got to go. Uh, you know, I'm going to go my boy, Bill Nye. I liked his. I really liked his. For like the, the few minutes he was in the movie, uh, he really uh, popped. And I just love that actor. And uh, other people have pro- are probably more deserving of the tooch. But uh, I just wanted to give him a little shout out. He was great. Also, uh, I like him in love, actually. He's definitely the best part of that movie. So there Almost we go. shocking. Meryl Streep isn't in love, actually. That is kind British of crazy. Accent. Yeah. That's pretty <laughs> shocking. She doesn't play like um, Hugh Grant's mother. Yeah. Well, no, they were, they're married in Florence Foster <laughs> Jenkins. That is true. And what He's a, good in that. I, I want to give a red, I gave it to him last week for Florence Foster Jenkins. Give it to him again. He's great in that movie. Um, I'm gonna go because I've given it to Jane Alexander before in our previous Kramer vs. Kramer. I'm gonna go Howard Duff oh. is John Shaughnessy, uh, Ted Kramer's divorce attorney who brings the heat and brings you know a real backroom <laughs> sinister white guy quality to um of the era to that part. And uh, I love even at the end, like when uh, Dusty is like, we're going to appeal. He goes, you don't want to do that. Why don't you think? He goes, because then Billy's going to have to be put on the stand. And it like strikes the fear in Ted so much that they just don't even need to cut to him even making a decision. We know exactly that he's not going to put Billy on the stand because that would be, boy, too too much. Too much for young Billy. Dustin Hoffman would say, have to tell the damn kid not only are you never going to see them again they're all going to die in a train accident or something like that okay and i will and i will take it and i and i just want to say really quickly i take back what i said earlier about him being in tamami hall 
and being a wizard, he looks like the mascot for a brand of scotch. Mm. Like he does look like he'd be on a uh, on a, a title, like a, a logo, just like a Shaughnessy brand uh, scotch. And it'd just be like him with his little flower and his like cane and stuff. Looking all I went to, um, went to Ireland a couple uh, years ago and we went to like all the like, you know, the Jamesons and the Bushmills and all the Guinnesses, and they all have this big history of like, and then this, you know, this person made the first barrels of Jameson and all the, and yeah, he looks like an ancient relative, like Dave Bushmills of the 1800 Bushmills family or something yeah. like that. You know, it's um, like he's like a fading portrait at the Bushmills factory. Yeah, that's, that's uh, Frodo Bushmills. Yeah, yeah. Frodo <laughs> Yeah, that's where uh, Tolkien got the name too, because just Tolkien was yeah. a real—he was a real mess. No, I yeah. don't know anything about him. Yeah. <laughs> what do I, I know about Lord of the Rings? Come on. <laughs> all I know is uh, needs more Bombadil, and that's all. Uh, are you you teased it a little bit earlier, Jesse? But uh, just to reiterate, uh, your Stanley Tucci. Oh, you, you have to choose from these two movies who you want. Yes. Okay. You can choose whoever you I, want from either of these movies. I will go. Okay. I didn't know that. I will go with Phoebe Waller Bridges. Mm. Phoebe Waller. Phoebe Waller Bridges from Iron Lady. When I saw her, I was like, "Oh, she looks good with long hair." So I think she did a, a great job in that movie. <laughs> Big one scene wonder. I, I uh -huh. that uh, it struck me. No one has no one has pulled out the wild card yet because we've never explicitly said. I don't believe that Meryl Streep couldn't win a Stanley Tucci award. <laughs> oh, like the idea of a guest to actually say no. I've given it to Streep for Kramer versus Kramer this week, which I don't think our guest would do. But um, <laughs> you know, if I had to, if I had to take a guess, but uh, that is such a. Uh, wild cards like crossing the streams and ghostbusters who knows if it, how it would go <laughs> oh, man. but uh you know moment of truth here this is the academy region this is the finals of the academy region we'll go on to face the winner as we mentioned before cinderella story winner of the musical division florence foster jenkins in the final four in the coming weeks on the show patrick Let's hit us with your hit us with your thoughts. Okay, I'll be. I'm just gonna take the damn bandaid off the the wound. You know, like I'm just ripping that bad boy. I'm giving it, and I know this is gonna cause a stink. I'm giving it to Kramer versus Kramer. I like that. <laughs> I like it. I like that movie. It's she's good in it. I like I like your performance, and that's it's fair. It's fair. Like I get why people, but I I personally like uh. I don't know, like it feels like it connects to me in a way that the Iron Lady performance does not. And I also feel like the Iron Lady performance, it's almost like, it almost feels like you should like, it should be like, it's, it's like Barry Bonds on steroids. Like, you know what I mean? Like where it's like, you know, should it even be allowed in the hall? Cause it was like, it was teed perfectly. Like that movie is teed perfectly to be a success. And when you <laughs> consider that Meryl Streep basically created her character in Kramer versus Kramer from thin air <laughs> and turned it from a, a role that uh, just, uh, uh, I don't, I, cause like, that's the thing too, is I think that like, if it was done as it was written on paper, like, no, it'd be unlovable. Like it would just suck. <laughs> like it would just be so, 
And we just lost <laughs> our boy Donald. We just lost our boy Donald. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> boom, boom. Hey, Full-scale full computer restart. Damn. Oh, wow. uh-huh. it, ha- it happens, brother. I feel you. I, I was on the edge of my seat, though, Patrick. Where were we? Uh, no worries. Uh, let's just... Uh, and we're back, folks. Uh, bing bong. Uh, we're back. Uh, so, um, yeah, no, uh, Kramer versus Kramer. Uh, I liked it more. I just, I connected to it more. That's basically, like, mm-hmm. I just, like, I connected to that character, and I feel like... Uh, the Iron Lady is uh, maybe even a better performance in some regards, but I just feel so like at that point, it's like I expect her, like I, I'll say it like this. Had uh, Meryl Streep's performance in Iron Lady been an, if, if it were an iota worse than what it was, I would have, we would have like, Doubt would have won. Like, uh, or no, that wasn't Doubt. Kramer versus Kramer versus. Wait, what did I really? French Lieutenant's Woman. That's what. Sorry, my brain fried. <laughs> uh, sorry, I was going through all the Too movies. Much. Yeah, you're in the eye of the storm. I'm watching all the street films spin around me, and there's like a cow. It's wonderful, but uh, uh, yeah. but uh, French Lieutenant's Woman would have won because just like uh, like I with what they've given her, like it better be. An incredible film you know what i mean like it has to be good uh so and did you hear anything i said before or <laughs> uh just i'm just curious <laughs> a little yeah bit, I think yeah i mean I yeah, get... okay so i'm giving yeah, it to, I am... i'm giving it to kramer so... i'm giving it to kramer so uh, you give me give me your your spiel okay one for kramer versus kramer you know <laughs> this is very hard it is it's tough it's very very hard i i a peek behind the curtain i had some technical difficulties and i took the opportunity to take a walk around the apartment as the computer was restarting and get a glass of water and kind of reflect <laughs> on these two movies and kind of <laughs> where i was going with them i think like i agree i think I, I, emotionally i think it's far easier at least for me to connect with joanna kramer than it is with margaret thatcher um i think that Meryl is doing a lot with a little in Kramer versus Kramer because I think it's very clearly developed and designed to be a you know in the same vein that Patrick said it was built in a lab. Yeah, the Iron Lady was built in a lab for Meryl Streep's Academy Award. I, Kramer versus Kramer feels like it was built in a lab for Dustin Hoffman's Academy Award to kind of play to his strengths as much as possible. Um, Kramer vs. Kramer, I believe, to be a superior film in general. Not that we're um, basing anything off of that. Um, she's bringing the whole, you know, she's bringing she's bringing the whole package. Tired lady, though. She does get to do a little bit of everything in it, uh, except for cry. She does not really get to cry <laughs> because that would not be in character for Margaret Thatcher. Yeah. So this is this is very very tough. I think she. I think they're both great. I. It's one of those situations right now where my gut is saying one thing and my brain is saying <laughs> another thing. Oh man. Um, you got to go with your gut. Since we, well, I was gonna say since we are scientists, I think I might need to go with my brain. <laughs> oh no. Um. 
I know what you're doing. <laughs> and there is an element here, and we'll get another, you know, very personal element. We have to watch this whoever wins again. <laughs> yeah. And which That's true. Rewatchability is real. Back to thinking about. Yeah. Um The Iron Lady. Damn! Wow! Damn. Jesse, you're the you, you're the you're the one. You get to choose. Okay, well, I think we I think we all know, but <laughs> I know, yeah, I before know, I know. that, yeah. I I will say, okay, I didn't like either of these performances that much. They didn't stand out to me. I wouldn't have picked them in a top 10, 20, maybe even a hundred lineup of female performances. <laughs> I didn't I didn't enjoy the characters that much. I know nothing about Margaret Thatcher. I thought she was a hero. <laughs> so I don't know much about her. Um, this woman from Kramer versus Kramer character was terrible. Didn't connect to the character, but it's about the performance. It's about the performance and what Meryl Streep brought to the performance. So I will say she had so much more to do in Iron Lady than she had to do in Kramer versus Kramer where she literally, as I said, I think the first thing I said was all she does is lightly cry a little bit on the stand. And she won a, an Oscar for that? I'm offended. I'm offended for all Oscar losers in the world because of that. Because she brought, I don't think, any ounce of emotion to that role. And that being said, I think she had a lot more to do in Iron Lady. She was playing different generations. Again, she looked old, so that was pretty cool. But I think she did, and that's what acting is. It's taking on someone else. And that is what she did in Iron Lady. I don't know who she took on as Kramer versus Kramer. I don't know who that was, but I wasn't a fan of it either way. So I'm ha gonna have to go with the Iron Lady. <laughs> that's fair, that's fair. The Iron Lady moves <laughs> on to the final four. And I think, you know, one thing, and it will be playing the aforementioned beloved Forrest Foster Jenkins. Oh yeah, so, at so, a later date, in a what's going to be a very interesting contest. Uh, I think a could be a spirited matchup. We don't know, you know. I think to go with uh, Jesse's point about taking on a role and really like living in it, she certainly does do that in Florence Foster Jenkins as well. Um, and I think the specter here is, um, and I believe next week this episode will be released. We're going to be doing our Mike Nichols retrospective as a pause from the tournament next week in which we're gonna take a look at Silkwood, Postcards from the Edge, and Heartburn, three of her collaborations with Mike Nichols that did not make our tournament. And my sinking suspicion is, is that Silkwood probably should have had a part in this Academy region. We will see. When we get there, when we watch those films, if Patrick and I have made a grave mistake that bombs this entire tournament, we don't know yet. I mean, but, yeah, uh, I mean for, like, for the just, time being, Iron Lady. Go ahead, Patrick. Oh, sorry. I was just to say, uh, even Jesse and I were talking, like we um, we were talking about August Osage County, which apparently uh, yeah. has like a baller performance. And like, mm -hmm. hey, maybe we'd even need to do like a, 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 a John Wells retrospective or something. I don't know. Probably yeah, well, yeah. I mean, 
we're so far into the vortex now. We are not yeah. only have Stockholm syndrome for the ones we've already seen. We are having severe regrets about the ones we haven't seen that we're oh, just yeah. making assumptions about. Oh, totally. <laughs> oh, we're you yeah. Know, no, I'm still. I'm. I. I. I you know. I'm like. I've. Re I've rendered my garments because we didn't put the ant bully on the <laughs> on the top sixteen. I'm like you know, just like um, a little. I have a little candle burning for the ant bully. Just oh, why. <laughs> Where is Hope Springs? Yeah, we don't where, know. <laughs> why? Where's Marvin's room? I want to go into that room. <laughs> yeah, what is that room? Uh, you know, we 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 suspect it's a lot like Stalker, but we don't know for sure. Tell us. Oh, oh God, yeah. <laughs> but let, let us know on Twitter if Marvin's room is comparable to Tarkovsky's film Stalker. Um, but yes, the Iron Lady is moving on. We will have to watch the Iron Lady again. Um, <laughs> and who knows how crazy things are going to get then. Especially if fucking Iron Lady beats Boris Foster Jenkins. We'll have to watch it again. This could be madness by the time this is over. But I guess that might be why some of you are tuning in, for all yeah. I know. You want to watch um, us go crazy. But moving along to... Um, Moving on to this week's game, to lighten things up a little bit more. We we watched a couple of very serious films, so let's have let's have some fun here. Patrick, I'm going to send it your way to introduce the game this week. Oh hell yeah! Here we go. Uh, so here's the world we're entering. Uh, look, you're a famous game designer. Maybe you work for like uh, EA or whatnot. You know, you just made Grand Theft Auto Six. You can do whatever the hell you want. You know, you're a big you're a big designer boy. And so uh, you uh, get a, a job on your table and uh, they're like, you can uh, make any Meryl Streep film into a video game. You can adapt any Meryl Streep room, film. You can adapt Marvin's room. You can adapt the Ant Bully. Go to town. <laughs> uh, so the name of the game is Streep Fighter. And the goal is to just pick Ooh. a move. Yeah, Streep Fighter. You know, whoop. Like, you know, a little bit of right. Top of the line. Top of the line, Patrick. Good name. I have to give credit. I have to give credit to my sister. She she made the game. She she, she made that <gasps> name. Uh, uh, but she didn't know who. Was, oh, God, it was so funny. My sister walked in when I was watching Kramer versus Kramer, and she thought that Dustin Hoffman was the male lead of Speechless. Like, she thought she was John Rask's <laughs> Bowie or whatever. Is Bowie or Bowie? And I was like, that's that was very it's, uh, funny. Bowie. Bowie, there we go. I did it the, the third one that I didn't get to even say, but uh, it was very funny. And it was also just like, oh, wow, I'm old. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so like just take any, and I can go first if you want. Uh, I'll just take the, I'll take the reins just to give it an idea of how it's done. So like, uh, I'm trying to think of like a Meryl Streep movie that would make a fun video game. I'm thinking, I do like the idea of a death becomes her open world game where you just mm. go through like that weird LA, like just like the, the Robert Zemeckis insane, like kind of set kind of art deco ish, like very like, I don't know, just like the, just having that aesthetic, like that uh, death becomes her aesthetic. And then, uh, you know, uh, you do quests, you do little side missions, like you have to get that, like, you know, you have to get that, like, uh, potion that makes you young. Um, maybe there's people, like, you know, maybe you're not playing as Meryl Streep, maybe you're playing as another person who got that potion, but then in order to get that potion, you have to, like, 
kill other people that have had that potion already. So that means maybe like, you know, cause like the thing is, is the potion makes you alive forever, but you can still like chop off their heads and like throw them into lakes or whatever. Yeah, don't do that. Uh, but uh, <laughs> so you have to earn back, you have to earn back points to get your body painted back together again too. If you suffer injuries. Oh yeah. That'd be good too. Oh man. I love the idea of like seeing like in the game, like, as you collect injuries and stuff, your character just becomes increasingly weird and mangled. And you have to, like, yeah, and you have to, like, get points or get money to, like, mm-hmm. go see, you, you know. Go the... visit Bruce Willis. Yes. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. So that's my, uh, that is my take. What do you, I, what do you, what do you got? I like on? it a lot. I, I would absolutely kill to see EA release that game, like, tomorrow, just to <laughs> the stunned looks on all the video game players' faces. Like, what? They're making a video game from a movie from 1991 and they're giving it a big $60 uh, release? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think that that would be very surreal and exciting. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm going off of uh, one of today's films. I think Kramer versus Kramer, the game. You either pick Ted or Joanna and the ultimate goal. It's a, what are the, what, what's, um, I'm not as familiar with video games, but like, um, we're the ones like Mario, where you have to go through different levels. Oh, platformers. Platform. Okay, so it's a platform. <laughs> it's a platform through the American divorce court system, <laughs> and the goal is to get Billy fat at full custody, not fuck joint custody. You're getting full custody of Billy if you win the game at the oh, end of it. Uh... You've got allies, but there are things that can get in your way, like. What happened? You get fired from your job, and you have to get a job on Christmas Day at this one level, and you're bouncing around Manhattan, going from building to building, and then you make it through. You get you get to kiss a blonde stranger, and you move on, and you have a job for thirty-one thousand dollars. No, he got paid almost twenty-nine thousand dollars a year for that job. But, I love uh, it. I love it because like the the lawyer's like the Bowser, but then like there's like eight levels, and every time you beat a level, like a little toad comes out and goes, "Sorry, your son is in another divorce court." Yeah, you get <laughs> like a divorce court. It's like, oh, things are going so well. Oh, and there would be like a little picture of the lawyer with the mustache that oh, I gave yeah. the Tushi to, and it'll say on the screen, "It's like." Ted, things are going well, but you got to get a job now. Ted, things are going well, but you forgot to per- pick up Billy from this birthday party. That's a point against you, Ted. Wah, wah, wah. And you go down a level. And it has to be like Nintendo, like this is a original Nintendo game. This is not, we're not taking on top of the line graphics or anything like that. We want it to be very like back to basics, but you but we're going to be open. You can be either Ted or Joanna. I like it. On your trail to uh, custody My only... with Billy. Except they won't have a happy ending where they're like, hey, <laughs> let's just find a separate a piece together. It's battle. It's battle. <laughs> my, my last uh, question would be, uh, before we uh, ask Jesse, is uh, would the mushroom be French toast? Is that like the power-up? <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, yes. Like all of the, yes, there would be... Uh, Okay, we, it's French toast. That little jet Billy's playing with at the the playground before he falls down. Um, <laughs> maybe uh, Ted's uh, mock-ups for an advertisement. <laughs> Joanna suitcase. Uh, that um, Joanna suitcase, yeah. Yeah. So I think. Um, oh, and then the neighbor who is played by Jane Alexander is. Uh, 
open to switching sides on who she's teaming up with <laughs> for the kid. You know, she's like, who she's sympathizing with, depending uh, on if you're playing well, like Ted the, or Joanna. She'd be like the player two, and then like Luigi, she'd jump a little higher, but then she has a little looser uh, controls. <laughs> oh, and you could turn this into Kramer versus Kramer cart later on. And just have the characters from Kramer versus Kramer have their own character-designed vehicles for racing yeah, scenarios <laughs> that I think would be quite fun for parties if that if that came out. Well, so many rich characters to choose from. You can be Kramer. Yeah. You can be Joanna. You can be the kid. Yeah. You can be Jane Alexander. You can be uh, the friend at work. You can be Kramer. The- Kramer, yeah, Kramer's boss who hates kids yeah. who thinks if you're raising kids, you suck. Yeah. Uh, Joe Beth Williams, his one night stand. You know, oh, you yeah. could really uh, bring, and she's she's naked, which gives a little bring a little R-rated quality to the yeah. um, to the video game. I mean, yeah. we're we're talking a big bucks franchise. Yeah. Here with like a lot of like side games, so that that's <laughs> that's my pitch. Uh, Jesse, uh, what street video gamer, Street Fighter, are you going to be going with? Great. Well, I'm gay. Surprise. Sorry, <laughs> ladies. And there's an app called Grinder. Heard of it? It's a dating app for gay men. Yeah. Anyways, on Grinder, whenever whenever like you tap on too many people, an ad comes up. So you have to like watch the ad. And the ads usually for me involve like it's a Sims like game where someone's in the kitchen and you have to you know, make sure that the fire, you know, the oven's not on fire and the dishes aren't getting, you know, overflowed mm-hmm. and the dog's not eating chocolate. And you have to like move this person around to make sure that the kitchen is in line. So in that sense, in that regard, I would like to do a video game, mobile video game based on that, but with Julia and Julia. Mm. Uh, that's good. I, that, Very I, I, fun. I, yeah. I, I see those like uh, ads all the time. So I'm already imagining that like annoying art style, but it's like Julia and Julia. <laughs> That's very yeah. And I read somewhere that mobile video, mobile video games are actually uh, making the most amount of money. So I think that's a fiscally good choice. You could, you could play it in line at the supermarket. You could play it when you're slacking off from work or even if you're in traffic, heaven forbid. I mean, there's like a lot of, <laughs> You know, I, I, my game, you got to get an old Nintendo. I mean, it's a lot more hoops you got to exactly. jump through with yes. that. You know, Jesse's making money here. I'm in the vintage yeah. stores already. <laughs> and, that, and that's, yeah, I like the idea, like, yeah, in your scenario, like they would be making a game for a 30 year old system, like they're bringing back yeah, Nintendo. No one, that no one can play the Kramer versus Kramer, the game. <laughs> <laughs> but you could play as either Ted or Joanna. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Jesse and yours can you be Julie or Julia or is it um just Julia? yeah that's the beauty of it you can choose that's two players oh, cool. and Julie oh, Julia Child has a better larger kitchen whereas mm. Julia has a small New York style very small it's a uh, more advanced players would play as Julie yeah. Powell I yeah. see mm-hmm. that's cool yeah because I mean like yeah you got your kind of um you know weekend just picking up board kind of people where people are really, really into the like competitive Julie and Julia yes. gaming. I, I get that, you know, <laughs> you get in that market too, the pro gamer market mm-hmm. where it's a little bit more competitive, you know, I think uh, covering all your bases, you know, I think, I mean, I just, you know, so I think that video game people, Nintendo power, would that be the magazine we'd want to go to for some of these uh 
oh, yeah. for some of these pitches. I'm thinking Nintendo. We call Nintendo Power, and we say we got some ideas here. Meryl Streep, one of the biggest stars in the world. Why hasn't she crossed over to video games? Great idea, Patrick. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, <laughs> a hot and a hot episode. Uh, guest bringing fire from the very start. Thank you so much, Jesse, for coming on for coming on board the show today. That Thank this has you. been an absolute blast. <laughs> Anything you'd like to plug on your way out? Um, uh, I'm on Instagram at Jesse underscore is underscore awesome. Jesse is awesome. I'm on Twitter. You don't have to follow me on there. I wouldn't <laughs> even plug it. Um, I am a writer on Mixed Dish. It is coming back January 26th at 9.30 p.m. on ABC or Hulu. If you want to be late to the game, go on Hulu. And that's it. But don't. Be there live. Be there live. Yes, please. Both. We need the numbers. We do need the numbers. <laughs> be there live. Be there live. Be there live. So thank you so much, Jesse, for coming on the show. It's been a real blast, you know, getting into it here, looking at straight from a different angle. And awesome. <laughs> be awesome. I mean, we've had so many, uh, like we said, we've had a lot of people come on who are worshipful and full of praise. And to see it from a different angle has been awesome. Definitely yeah. eye-opening. Uh, before we head <laughs> out, though, uh, Patrick, is there, is there anyone you want to thank for today's show? Uh, yes, I'd like to thank uh, Gears of War. Uh, great yeah. cutscene movie. Uh, if you ever want to watch waste six hours of your life, uh, go on YouTube, type in Gears of War cutscene movie. Uh, so good. Uh, I want to thank uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Absolutely. Oh, man. Oh, man. Gotta thank the fl- the original Fleabag herself. Uh, she got that bag. Uh, what is she going to do with that bag? And then, who knows? Uh, who who knows? knows? Uh, I want to thank uh Hmm. I want to thank uh, the idea of making a video game for a console that is no longer in use. That's very funny to me. Uh, mm-hmm. And hey, that idea, that concept, it's past your bedtime. No, no, no. No, no, no. Go to bed concept. It's past your bedtime. And uh, that's up way to too late. Way too late. It's like um, it's freaking 10 o'clock. Yeah, I got to thank just the, the concept of not being mean enough. If you ain't mean enough, get meaner. That's what we yeah. want to see in our movies, people. And on that note, soft tears. No way, yeah. man. Give it. I want to thank heavy duty tears. <laughs> the big tears. The Julianne Moore suck my dick tears. <laughs> I gotta thank, and I thank this the last time around. I'm thanking them again. These this 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 has been with me throughout my entire journey to this moment and that's dustin hoffman's clothes from the film kramer versus kramer i thanked him before thanking him again i might if i'm ever able to go to a clothing store again buy some clothes that are in line with that and you know last but not least i gotta thank biopics that are shot like music videos they (laughs) really are the way to go in cinema and i you know let's see it with uh you know why wasn't the darkest hour? Let's see that as a music video. Yeah. How about um, uh, I was gonna say Ray, but I actually have a feeling that does have quite a few music video qualities. <laughs> uh, but I, there are, you know, if you're bland, throw some Dutch angles in there. <laughs> throw some quick cuts. If we misunderstand history, doesn't matter, baby, because we're moving right past it. Yeah, I want a Gerald Ford documentary directed by Hype Williams. Mm-hmm. <laughs> A lost Tony Scott film, perhaps. 
you know, I'd like to see him do, let's say, uh, Ulysses S. Grant, but the right way this time around. On that note, we want to thank you, the listener. We want to thank all of our team, all of our Twitter followers, all of our listeners. Again, you know, it's been, we are through semi, the semifinals or the quarterfinals. We're moving into the semifinals shortly here for the final four. Final four, as we know, Sophie's Choice, Devil Wears Prada, Florence Foster Jenkins, and the Iron Lady. Place your bets. Vegas has taken them now. Um, thank you so much for listening. Uh, peace, Mazel Tov, and goodbye. Pull back them dark and dusty drapes. Let in some light. Tell the billboy, come get my trunk. Cause I'm leaving here tonight And I've packed my bags And I paid my bills And I'm turning in my key And if those sad souls down in the lobby Ask for me Just tell them I'm checking out this heartbreak hotel. I ain't gonna live on Lonely Street no more, no more. I found a new love and a new place to dwell. Where teardrops ain't sunk in the floor.